You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's up, 12s? I am Michael Bumpus with NASA Choby, and unfortunately, the Hawks lose to the Rams 30-20 in the wildcard playoffs, which means this will be the last show of the year when it comes to Hawk Talk. Nas, I don't, I don't feel good about this. They took an L. They took it on the chin. It's the way they took the L that kind of like hurts me because I felt like I just watched the homie get beat up and I could do nothing about it. I had to stand there and watch it go down. Extremely disappointed. It's been rough, man. The last 48 hours have been, it's been hard to handle. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still quite a bit in my feelings about what we witnessed on Sunday. And like, it's like you said, man, it's, it's how we lost the game, man. We were out physical. They came up to our house and they beat us. And it's just it's disappointing because we know how good this football team is. We know how good this roster is. We know how good this coaching staff is. So, yeah, man, I think disappointing is going to be the, the theme of this podcast today because, man, it just feels because you watch the games on Sunday and you're like, we should still be playing. We should be prepping for a divisional game in New Orleans. But that's why, why uh, you play the games. It's postseason. And you got to play good at this time of year. And the Seahawks just didn't get it done. Got to put it all together. All right, let's break it down. What had happened? See, what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. I'll tell you what had happened, man. It just wasn't the Seahawks' day. Russell Wilson really couldn't get going. He was 11 for 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns, a pick six, six and was sacked five times. There was no rhythm. Nothing felt fluid. The one touchdown pass to DK. The first one was off a broken play. The last one, the Rams are just keeping everything in front of them, not really applying pressure. So he made a couple of plays, but that interception, I feel like, was not on Russell Wilson. Um, people say, oh, he should have checked out of that. You could tell the defense, this is what we're going to do. If you just block, just get in the guy's way, then think good things are going to happen. I think Freddie just hesitated for a second, and that split second is what caused Darius Williams to get through cleanly and pick six that thing. It was just... It was like, you know, in a dream when you when you have your dreams and you're trying to run mm-hmm. and, it, and you just can't run. That's what that whole game felt like to me. They just could not get going. Yeah. And the thing about it too is penalties, man. Penalties were just drive killers. When you're playing Los Angeles Rams, one thing you cannot do is get behind the sticks. Okay. I couldn't tell you how many times it was first and 15, first and 20. At one point, Bob, I think it was second and 34. Yeah. I mean, you get behind the sticks against these guys, you're in, you're done. Like, those are drive killers. If you get to first and 25, you're not getting out of that unless you get lucky with a penalty just because of how good they are defensively. This was the number one defense in the NFL, and they played like it. Um, Whether it's Aaron Donald or Floyd or Williams, whoever it was, when you get in that situation and now they can rush the passer, and they gave our offensive line fits all day long. And in that case, Russell's eyes will come down. He's getting hit a bunch. It's just hard to function as an offense when you're behind the sticks. And honestly, man, so you go – the pick six happens. Yep. When that happens, it makes it a 13-3 game. The Seahawks answer right away. So you're like, okay, we're back in. This is 13-10. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start by saying this. Obviously, it's a team loss, right? It's a team loss on offense, team loss on defense, special teams, everything. Defensively, they didn't play amazing on Saturday. 
but they're not the reason they lost this game. But the one thing I will say about the defense, which is the most disappointing to me in terms of the whole game, was when it was 13-10. to 10. 3.43 left in the half, third and nine for the Rams, and then they hit Akers, he rolls out. He probably gets the first down, okay, we live to play another down. Mm-hmm. Missed tackle, he goes for 44. 44. Next play, Akers right in the hole. Missed tackle, another explosive, 20 yards. Next play, offside. Next play, walk-in touchdown. That was way too easy, jumps back up to 10 points, and when you're playing the Rams, you can't be down 10, and it's, it's frustrating because – you know, our playmakers are there, and we just didn't make the plays on that drive. Other than that, the defense was rock solid. There's a couple mm-hmm. plays they gave up. Jamal was hampered by his shoulder. Um, There's another kind of – Goff throws a duck up to Jared Goff, and Adams can't, can't find a way to make a play. So those are the plays that the defense gave up. It was just frustrating in that moment. They couldn't come up with a stop because after that, they shut the Rams down in the third quarter and gave our offense all the chances in the world, and we just couldn't convert. That's the thing. The offense had their chances. They just seemed out of sync. And look at the past game. Everything's 10, 15 yards down the field. Talked to Pete Carroll earlier. He agreed there should be more quick game going on there. And this, the Rams offense played better than the Seahawks offense. And that was with a backup quarterback and a quarterback with a jacked up thumb. They went, they had drives of 58 yards, 54, 70, 52, 36. The Hawks had drives of 79, 76. Then everything after that was 25 yards and less. They just couldn't get going. There was no rhythm. Uh, Pete said he liked the way they ran the football. I would love to see Chris Carson being there on third and short. I asked Pete about that. I go, was there a rotation that happens on third and short? Um, I wanted Chris Carson in there, but Hyde was in there. He believes in Carlos Hyde. They believe in Carlos Hyde. They believe they have two running backs that can get it done in any situation. It was just a game that didn't seem right from the jump. Three and out Mm -hmm. to start. I believe they had back-to-back three and outs, I want to say. Yes, back-to-back three and outs. And just couldn't get a flow going. Like you mentioned, there was a second and 34. Second and 34. They had three consecutive penalties at one point. And when you do that, I think as an offense, you start second-guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, DK's on the sideline yelling at guys. We never see that out of DK. He's usually pretty composed when he's on that sideline. It just, there was no flow to this offense. But we can't ignore that the Rams, that's a good football team. Yeah, no question like, about P- it. Uh, that's the number one defense in the league for a reason. Leonard Floyd has what? How many sacks against the Hawks this year? Seven. Seven Seven. Seven sacks against the Hawks this year. Aaron Donald showed up early. Two early sacks in the game. He had his best game this year against the Seahawks. Ramsey was everywhere. Darius Williams. You cannot sleep on the Rams. Give them their respect. They're a good football team. They're well coached. They came to play today. Now, we're going to talk about playmakers. Let's do it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Playmakers, all right, man. I mean, the list isn't as long as you typically like, and that's reflective of what the game uh, played out on Saturday. We'll start with Chris Carson. He had 16 carries for 77 yards, and the frustrating thing about Chris's game was I felt like there was times where he was getting stuff done, was successful. There were mm-hmm. a couple times where you get a 10-yard run here, an 8-yard run there, and we'd get in third and short, and we couldn't figure it out, whether we decided to pass instead of run on third down or whether, you know, we had another penalty or, or whatever it was. We just weren't able to utilize him enough. The thing that, for me, Chris never had a game over 20 carries this season. Not one time. He missed some time earlier wow. in the year, but he never had a game with 20 carries. And I understand how well we were throwing the ball early in the year. As Pete said this morning, you know, they didn't have to run the ball at the beginning of the year. It didn't matter because we were so explosive offensively. And the difference was early in the year, Chris Carson was a factor in the pass game. So it mm-hmm. made sense because you still, you still felt him in the game. Um 
he was effective. Uh, I, I kind of, I, like you mentioned, I wish I would have seen him a little bit more on third downs and just more of an opportunity, especially because of how well the Rams were playing against us and taking everything away. Um, I felt like we, there was a couple more opportunities to get Chris involved, but he did what he could in the game and uh, was one of our best players on offense. Yep. Another playmaker, DK Metcalf, had five receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Kind of, kind of deceiving stats a little bit. I mean, he did have an okay game. He scored a 51-yard touchdown that we're going to look at later. Um, his touchdown, second touchdown was late in the game, uh, but he he did okay. This this was his best game against the Rams this year. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has done a good job. I mean, every catch that DK made, mm-hmm. there were defenders right there. There, there yep. was no shaking loose, uh, wide-open spaces. He had to make contested catches, and he did exactly that. Nice way to finish off your, your second year. You're, you're a pro bowler, second team all pro, 10 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards. I mean, this guy had a great season. Somebody you look to build off of that for next year. And the thing about DK's game two bump, which is really, if uh, if on that third down, I believe it was, if he connects with, if Russell Wilson finds DK, he overthrew him a little bit because mm-hmm. number 99, Aaron Darnold, yep. destroyed our game plan. He was When he was in the game, he was not blockable. I don't care if he was lined up against... Posick, Upati, Lewis, whoever it was, he was unblockable, and he kind of screwed up that game. But on that play, because that's the first time, hey, DK, Ramsey, Ramsey had him one-on-one, and DK cooked him, got by him. He was open. That was going to be another explosive play. Completely changes the game, but in 99, screwed things up, threw things up up front, gets to pressure Russell Wilson. Russell can't get into his throw and set his back foot, overthrows DK, and obviously we didn't have it there, so – Disappointing. We might be having a different conversation. He catches that. Now we're talking. He's well over 100 yards. Maybe the game breaks differently. Is what it is. But on the defensive side, uh, bump wags, man. I had to look at this again. I was like, damn, 16 tackles. 16. Yeah. One sack, one TFL, one QB hit. Um, and 54 is playing through something. He got rolled up on. Looked like he hurt his knee a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he was not going to miss a snap. He went in the locker and came back out before the half was even over. So it's good to see your all-pro linebacker, seven-time uh, in his career, that he's all pro, uh, play like it is on Saturday. B-Wags doing what he does. Next, Jaron Reed, man. Five tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, th- three QB hits. This guy's back to the form we saw a couple years ago when he had 10 sacks. Ends yep. the year, I believe, with eight and a half sacks. Jaron Reed battled through some injuries as well. He was injured last week. He was on the injury report for a little bit leading up to this game. He finds a way to get after the quarterback. This is a bright spot. I'm glad Jaron Reed had his bounce back season. Last season was a, a bit of a disappointment, but he missed some games. He mm-hmm. got a full season, nice off season. Jaron Reed did his thing, celebrating. You know, he's he's uh, he's doing his thing when he's making the the money rain, mm-hmm. make it rain. Get uh, that paper with that paper with his hand. So, um, Jaron Reed, man, another bright spot. We'll see what they do with him. Let's look at these receivers, though. The receiver roundup, like we mentioned, DK had nine catches for 96, two touchdowns, along with 51. Tyler Lockett had two for 24, great one-hand catch on the sideline. That catch is the game in a nutshell. You're going to make a play, but you're going to have a defender right there on your hip. So if you don't make that play, they're going to make plays. Tyler Lockett with a great play. Freddie Swain had one catch for 28. Carson had one for five. Disley, one for one yard. Demo, one for one yard. Hollister had five targets and no catches. This might have been the worst game I've seen the Hollister play. He dropped several footballs that he usually comes up with. Um, he just seemed a little off last uh, on sa- Saturday, I should say. Yeah, it was tough, man. And the thing, when you look at this receiver roundup, the things that jump off to me is DK Metcalf, yeah, he had five receptions, 96 yards, but he was targeted 11 times. Yeah, Tyler Lockett was only targeted four times in the game. And like you said, Jacob Hollister, five targets, 
uh, no receptions. Um, it was just tough, man. Like you mentioned, it everything was hard. Every single completion, everything the Seahawks did offensively was hard to come by, and you're not going to win many games like that when when you only have 11 completions on offense, especially with Russell Wilson at yeah. quarterback, 174 yards. So it was a, it was a tough day all around, and I think um, that's what's really disappointing because. You look at that, and, and you look at our offense, and you say there's no way, despite how good the Rams are, that we should have 11 completions in a football game. So just disappointing all around. Very disappointing. Now let's break down the biggest player for the Seahawks on Saturday in Coach's Corner, DK Metcalf's 51-yard touchdown. Three receivers now left side. The Rams are going to rush four with a late blitzer coming. Russ has time. Got to get rid of it. Look out. Now he's going to throw. He's got a man, Metcalf. Metcalf makes the catch. 10-5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Holy catfish. Russell Wilson runs away from the rush, throws across his body, a perfect deep strike to DK who makes the catch and takes it in. A 51-yard catch and run. And just like that, the Seahawks are back in the game. 13-9. Great play right here by DK. It's an off-script play. The biggest play for the Hawks was an off-script play. What happens here is DK runs like a dig look. They're in the cover. They're a two-high look. They're in a two-high look. Um, he runs inside that corner. That corner bites inside. I believe it is a route by Hollister. He jumps on him. So he vacates the flat. Vacates the flat. The safety flies downhill because he sees that Jacob Hollister is open, which leaves that half of the field open. That safety was supposed to cover that deep half. Russell runs outside the pocket. DK flips his hips, runs to the vacant area. Russell drops a dime right over the shoulder. He scores a touchdown at this point. I'm thinking, Nasa Chobi, we are back in the game. They're going to get it done. Yeah, disappointing. Like you said, biggest play was off script. And the thing about it, too, is like you said, they're in a too high look. So, too high, you cover two, safety of deep half, right? So the, the corner, that's the thing. He runs inside. He wants to jump. As DK runs inside, he kind of tries to cut underneath. Then once Russell breaks the pocket because they were being so aggressive um, defensively. So this jumped underneath. And then the safety, all he sees is a wide-open tight end. He doesn't see anything else. The play breaks down. He gets he gets a little greedy. And I think what happens and why he gets greedy is earlier in the game, like a cup possession before, they get a pick six for jumping stuff, right? So he sees him out there in the flat. He starts thinking, hey, well, maybe I can get me a pick six. Jumps it, for, bails on his deep half responsibility. DK gets behind him. Great flick of the wrist by Russell Wilson, rolling to his rolling to his left, flick of the wrist, throwing back to DK uh, on the right. And uh, it's a nice play by 14, and it's the biggest play of the game. Like you mentioned, I thought we were back in it after that. And uh, unfortunately, just was not to be for the Seahawks, man. Just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking just didn't work out. Typically, at least 12 times this year, we get in something called the Victor Formation in the show. But today, the clock just ran out and the season is over. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Yeah, this one hurt. This one hurt. Painful, painful, painful. I'm on Twitter last night. I had time last night. I was responding (laughs) to people like crazy. I had some time because people are pointing the finger at Russell, saying he needs to fire Pete Carroll, get rid of everybody. Man, I I get your frustration at this point. It's not all on number three. He does not call the plays. He does not come up with the game plan. He may contribute. End of the day, it's on the coaches to call these plays and come up with the game plan. So take some heat off of him. 
Could he have performed better? Yes. Everybody on that team could have performed better from receivers to linemen to running backs, defense. Everyone could have done better. It hurts, especially when you beat this team, the Rams, a couple weeks prior, 20 to 9. They came out. They seemed more prepared. They seemed like they wanted this more. Yeah, no, it's tough. And they're just more physical, straight up. In the trenches on both sides of the ball, they're more physical up front. We had no answer for their defensive line. None. I mean, even when Donald went out, they were still getting after us, whether it's Gaines or Floyd or whoever it was, Brockers. I mean, they were there. They're in our face all game long. And um, that's the tough part because this team is physical. This team has knocked people around. This team has shown what they can do offensively, that they could win any type of ball game. But, you know, they just think that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And it's so disappointing, like I said, because we won 12 games this year, man. And it's yep. tough to – you can't look at this year as a complete failure. It's just disappointing because they had the horses to do it. They were – a 12-win football team that's only been done five times in franchise history. And I heard KJ Wright talking yesterday on Locker Cleanout Day. Um, and he's just like, I thought this was our best chance since 2014 to get back to the Super Bowl. And I agree with him. We had the horses to do it. Um, so just it's disappointing. Um, but on the positive, man, this team won a division. Hadn't done that since 2016. They battled through a pandemic. There was no positive tests on this football team. All year long, they did everything they had to do. So, man, it's, uh, it's disappointing, but this season's not a failure. A lot of great things happened this year. It's just, uh, just a hard pill to swallow right now. Some more positive. Russell Wilson breaks his own franchise record when it comes to touchdowns. Tyler Lockett has 100 receptions, beats Steve Largent's record. I mean, not Steve. Was it Steve Largent? Bobby record? Ingram for receptions. Bobby Ingram. Sorry, Bobby. Mentor. Love you, baby. Um, DK, 1,300 yards. That's Steve Largent's record that he beat as far as single receiving yards. Oh, man, you had an offense that was one of the best in the league at one point. You have yeah. a defense that was one of the worst at one point. That defense climbed its way back up to, I believe, 21st or 22nd in the league. You got Jamal Adams, who set a record for DBs and sacks. Jaron Reed had a good year. Alden Robinson was like third or fourth in the league when it comes to rookies and sacks. Jordan Brooks looks like he's the future of this football team. And they were 12-4. and four. They won a division and lost to a very good football team. It hurts. It stings. But this franchise is moving in the right direction. Of course, they're going to move some things around. They're going to make some adjustments. That's football. This ain't going to be the same team next year. But for the most part, I expect the names that I just mentioned to be on the field. Yeah, no, like you said, we have, you know, Russell's going to be back. You got Bobby. You got Jamal. We added Dunlap, Jay Reed. There's going to be decisions and tough decisions are going to be made. It's, it's going to be. There's going to be some really uncomfortable conversations here in the next couple months. You know, K.J. Wright's a free agent. Shaquille Griffin's a free agent. Chris Carson's a free agent. So there's going to be some difficult decisions, but the core of this football team will be intact. There's a lot to look forward to. This is a young, young football team with a lot of promising talent. We had all the pro bowlers. We had all the all pros. So the future is bright. Seattle, I know it is hard to think positively right now because of how fresh this wound is because it just happened and we all feel like we should still be playing. The guys in the locker room feel like they still be playing. The coaching staff feels like they still be playing. Uh, unfortunately, they're not. But looking ahead to next year, this team has a ton of talent. The NFC West is going to be ultra competitive once again. Um, but they're going to start over. Combine coming up. Draft coming up. You know, they're going to retool, get some new guys and, and try to re-sign guys. And John Schneider and Pete Carroll are, are out there. And they're going to do what we need to do. And, and honestly, Bump, ah, golly, man. This team is in that window where they should be competing for Super Bowls again. Mm -hmm. And they have the guys to do it. I just hope that next year, another step from DK, you know, another step from Tyler, another step from Russ, another step from this defensive unit to start the year 
like we thought they would and play like it from start to finish. There's lots of potential, a lot of things to look forward to. Daryl Taylor, uh, Pete Carroll said that he might have pra- played this week, and he was looking great in practice. He's a guy we use a second-round pick on, so we're looking for him. And then everyone take another additional step. Collier, take another step. Penny, come back healthy. So there are guys there, Bump. Uh, it's hard to to be positive right now. I get it. Another 12-1 season. The Seahawks will be back better than ever. And, man, it's just it's just uh, it's hard right now, but the future's bright. It's hard. Hang in there. We need all those guys coming back next year, and hopefully you, the 12s, mm-hmm. are at Lumen Field because you're going to count for at least two or three wins if that does go down. For the last time this year, folks, I am Michael Bumpus. That's my guy, Nasa Choby. Hawk Talk recap. Unfortunately, the Hawks lose to the Rams 30-20. to 20. Wild card weekend. Hey, now we reload, we regroup, get to the draft, and we'll do it all again 2021. I'm already anxious. Let's get it done. Thanks for listening all year. We appreciate y'all. Have a good one.